So last night I tried this new iPad app from Anchor and I was really impressed. I really like how it looks, how it feels like. I'm using it on iPad Pro. Uh, really cool experience, although I don't know if I, I really want to edit on the go, if I want to record from the iPad. I mean, I can attach additional microphone, but why, why would I, why do I want to do that? I, I can record on my phone um, and I can do basic, basic editing, I guess. I, I mean, I can join uh, segments and all that. I can publish stuff. But if I really want, if I really want to do uh, a, a actual work, I will take it home. I'll take it to a silent, comfortable environment, and I, I wouldn't really bother to work like that from a coffee shop. <laughs> um, um, it's kind of funny. I mean, the way how all those apps are promoting their products, you know, oh, it can work from coffee shop. Do you really want to? I mean, how, how, long, how long can you sit on this stool drinking this one cup of coffee? Or how much coffee can you drink to get job done? You know, like it's, it's not really sustainable. Like, wouldn't you prefer to have a big screen, uh, comfortable chair, and just to do work in the right way? Well, I understand that sometimes for traveling, some people work on the road and they need tools like that. So I think it's it's good. I think it's uh, it works for those people. Uh, and I need to appreciate that you know we're getting to the point where we get solutions to create content uh, without any obstructions. Like we like if you want to do something, you just do it. You don't need to worry about setting everything up. It used to be such a big deal, you know. Uh, finding out what camera, what microphone to get, what uh, what hosting, what website, what address, what like set it all up, um, investigate what software to use, what hardware, and by the time you're ready, you're kind of <laughs> you're kind of bored. You have an idea. It's sort of it's gone. You know the momentum is gone. I'm I'm guilty of that. I've I've wasted so much time and and energy in researching and and setting everything up just to walk away after after it's finally ready just losing enthusiasm losing momentum and now it's all there it's just you know install the app sign up record edit publish done so what i'm saying is like now there is there, there are no excuses now it's, it's if if you have something to say you've got all those tools to your disposal and you can express yourself so it's it's curious to see if people will uh, will raise to the challenge because what people really like and me including especially in the past I would just I'd love to talk about podcasting instead of podcast instead of telling stories instead of getting into something more creative creative uh, but I think we in general like to just indulge in those how-to technical things. Some people don't. Some people have a big problem with that, of course, I know. But when you look on YouTube, for instance, there's so many tutorials and people generally want to learn, they want to investigate how something is done. And also, what's it's a big trend is when, when there are creators who, who, who make a good podcast or... or video work whatever 
the most common questions are not about the content, but about how they how they do it, like what do they use, what microphone do they use, and creators usually hate those questions. <laughs> you know, because they're not important. They're not. not. They're like it's it's really cool to buy a, a nice microphone and to set the studio up to a certain standard, and uh, you know, spend money and get get this buzz of whoa this is this is happening is happening but once it's there once it's, it's all connected usually people just just blank on ideas and enthusiasm and, and again i'm i'm guilty of that as well so um yeah i i want to wish all the best to anchor i it's incredible how fast they're moving how quickly they iterate they take new features they they lose features they don't like even though they launched them fairly recently the experiment they i think they are listening to audience i i don't know if i am the typical uh, or ideal user for them but um, i like they are trying and they are moving very fast and i think they're doing a lot of good for uh, for podcasting and and all and all what uh, sort of ties into this so. Who knows? Who knows what uh, what people use Anchor for, other than for Anchor Anchor casts. Anyway, um, uh, I need to head on. A lot of things to do today around the nesting process. Um, just on my way to the hospital to register my girlfriend for uh, just just eventuality of giving birth at the hospital. We are. Uh, we're planning to give a birth at home, but we also need to register at the hospital. So I, I'm, I'm going to do that uh, because I'm more mobile than she is. And uh, I will uh, speak to you later in a few hours, probably. Have a good day. Bye-bye. So I just went to the hospital. Um, I, I, I don't really feel like comment on how I feel about hospitals. It's... You know, I've been inside, I've been to many hospitals, uh, well, for usually smaller things, nothing major, but I've been to different countries as different accidents would occur, and there's always the same unified vibe, right? It's always breaching on the edge of life and death, and it's really hard to make sense out of who is your friend I mean they're all friendly and they all want to help you but we we do know that there are always uh, questionable actions that are to be made to you you know drugs that are administered in excess or drugs that may uh, cause side effects uh, but they're giving to you just to help you out or there might be complicated surgeries that take hours and hours. I, I wonder how how the surgeon feels about people, normal people, uh, when they interact you know, with people outside of work, do they see organs, do they, do they examine their bodies subconsciously or consciously? And also when a surgeon performs an operation, do they, um, they, spend, they, they could spend easily like 12 hours at the table, right? How, uh, do they remember this? 
you know, years later, do they remember every single procedure? I mean, because you would think they do, right? But at the same time, if every surgery takes that much time, what's, what's their emotional connection to this? Like, surely they know the, the, the gravity of the situation, right? They, they do know that the life of a person, their opening depends on them. So how do they deal with this? I mean, I'm sure there is certain guideline or a way, like there is certain training where uh, sur surgery uh, stuff is is being trained to perceive things in a certain way. I don't, I don't really know. Maybe somebody knows here. And how do they deal with burnout, with, with tiredness? I, I mean, I, I assume that they're all drugged up and they, they, they use some supplements just to, to stay sane and energized. I mean, how else would you, would you lift this weight? And I, I, I'm not condemning them for that. I think, you know, we are categorizing things differently than, than them. They, they do know, I mean, they, they must see us people as a box of chemicals and they are probably able to to control levels of different hormones and uh, you know ingredients that make us feel in certain ways. So they're probably just ex not not experimenting, but they're manipulating their energy levels and maybe uh, even emotional levels to fit situation that's ahead or an ongoing situation. Every day there's a surgery. Every day they're opening someone up. And then this person leaves the hospital and they never hear from this person again. How do, how do they feel about people when they're operating someone who, uh, let's say, this person doesn't really care about life, maybe uh, it's a reckless person that got into accident and maybe the second time this person got in like that. Like, I, and, like, so they, they think okay, it may happen again, so all this work may go for nothing but still like it's a life worth saving you see what i mean like i've been in a longer stay at a hospital once and i i had my uh, appendix removed and i stayed for i think two weeks something like that or a week and something and i remember there was this he might have been homeless or maybe he just just liked alcohol too much and he was he, he got there for, for some for one reason or another and I mean he stayed for a few days and it, you know obviously all the surgeons they they have a lot of compassion they must have right and like they like they treat anyone no matter who this person is and what it did they just just they just help people right but do they do they equally care about the same people when they see them on the street or on a railway station begging for money or do they just don't care? How, how do you switch your personality like this? So I'm asking because, well, first of all, I'm amazed. And second of all, I, 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 <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, they do care for people. At the same time, they're not, not saints, right? They're not... Uh, they have a capacity as well, and they 
like I would imagine if, if I would be a surgeon, I would probably last one year. I mean, I, I cannot imagine a doctor of that uh, gravity to to work like that for for decades. I mean, how do you how do you live with this pressure? How do you live with this responsibility every day? Like you go to work and you, you have no idea what's going to happen. There might be a, a massive crisis and there might be many victims. There might be, uh, there's n it's never like there's no one coming in, right? There's always someone with something. So maybe you just don't feel anything. Could that be it? No matter what you do, no matter how helpful you are, there'll be always someone getting to your, uh, to your floor waiting for you to, to commit to, uh, to help this person spend you know, many hours with this person and then to, to check up on this person and, and to see how, how this person is doing, to see a result of their work. I mean, it's such a normal thing, you know, thing that we take for granted, like what doctors do and and we obviously appreciate and, and respect immensely what they do. But I think we take it for granted to such a, such a big extent that it's just hard to, hard to understand what, what goes through their mind and how, how is it like to be a, a, a serious doctor. And I know I'm going to an extreme. I'm, 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 I'm talking about surgeons, but there is like entire staff is like this, right? They, they all work under immense pressure. Well, like I said, a lot of, lot of respect and I, I hope uh, there'll be no need for me to encounter their, their graciousness and talent and dedication in my life. I hope uh, I can stay away from it. Let's move on with the day. I don't do this often. I, I, I never done that before. But today I want to make a book recommendation. I don't read much. I, it's my own fault. I, I do have a, a really long uh, backlog of books I want to get into, especially now with, uh, with my new role of, uh, of a young father. I've got a couple of books I, I want to really get into. Tomorrow, even I mean, but maybe in this, maybe even this evening. But anyway, today, today's recommendation is uh, it's not fatherhood related. It's uh, something what may appeal to you, and I think so because uh, us people here on Anchor, we we listen, but we also record. Usually, I think I presume, uh, which means uh, which makes us uh, storytellers and. This book is on storytelling. It's, uh, it's, it's a book by Stephen King. The title is On Writing, and it is a memoir of his life and what seemed to be, at least at, for the time being to me, it, it is a collection of little anecdotes, stories that um, shaped him to be who he is. So, there is a lot to enjoy and a lot to study and a lot to learn from. And I, I certainly have 
and it made me uh, reflect a little bit on my own uh, childhood. I, I lack kind of adventures that he's referring to. It's just different times, uh, different problems. And I, I think uh, when he was a child, life was uh, just less sanitized, less, uh, less safe, it was easier to get into trouble. And uh, all those adventures, those, those trials, uh, really make you be in a certain way, really make you remember, really make you experience something. And I'm trying to, to see what was like that in my life. And maybe I was missing it. Maybe, I, maybe this is why I lack, I lack definition, I think, in my own, in my own judgment. Uh, I don't know. Well, um, check it out. I, I, I do read it or I listen to it in audio form. An audible. It is probably the first book I got into so far, like that, that, that far. I usually get bored with a lector. Those people who record, they do it in a, they do it very well, but they, they do it in a very boring to me manner. They, they just read it steadily. I mean, they do uh, intonate and do, they, they do changes of voice that are in a, in a very safe range. They, try to read at the same pace throughout the book and I, I find it a bit boring but uh, still it sometimes it is the best way to consume book I think even better than reading it yourself and like in this case um, you know Stephen King is reading it himself so you can uh, you're getting stories told by by the source of them it's it's uh, it's a surreal, in many ways, experience. I, I like it a lot. So yeah, uh, maybe this is a good way to get into Audible. I think you can get a book for free. Just check. I don't have a promo code, but there is there's plenty of them online. So just just check Audible promo code, and you can get the book for free, and you will get someone um, some credit. I don't know. Oh no, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm not doing any affiliate marketing right now, but. There's many people who do it. Uh, yeah, that's all for today. A little recommendation. I hope you're having a good day, good week. And uh, I'll speak to you tomorrow. That's uh, another day in a can for Audio Mode Challenge. How about that? Take care.